may be seated. Let's open up the Word of God together this morning and turn again to the New Testament book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. We've been marching through this now for the last couple of months, and we started looking at the armor of God about how we need to stand against the wiles of the devil. And if you remember, we began that this series with that one sermon about standing, and then we backed up to the, the beginning of Ephesians and began to look at the need to sit first. Sit. We've been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then we talked about walking, walking carefully and walking in truth and walking in love and not walking like we used to walk. And then we began to look at this portion about the armor of God. We've come to verse 18 that we've spent really a few weeks in one verse. And look at verse 18 of Ephesians 6 with me again. Praying always. Remember, we must always pray. And then we look one week at praying with all prayer. There's many different kinds of prayers and ways to pray. And then we looked at praying in the Spirit, which is to be led by God as we pray. And today I want to bring you to the two middle words of that verse. Right in the heart of verse number 18 are two words that are the two central words. At least in the English Bible, there are ten words before them and ten words after them. And you'll notice in the very heart of this verse, the Apostle Paul says, and watching. And watching. Today we're going to talk about this one truth that is a vital part of fighting in today's world. A vital part of the Christian life is to be watching. That word literally means to be sleepless, without sleep. It means to keep awake. It means to be circumspect, to be careful, and to be attentive. Would you look this way for a moment? The most vulnerable creature in the world today. You know what that is? The most vulnerable creature in the world today is the child of God who is fast asleep. The most vulnerable creature. You say, well, surely it's got to be the lost person. No, no, no. The lost person is right where Satan wants him to be. The person who does not have faith in Christ, who is not born again, is dead in his trespasses and sins. He's already dead. But the child of God, who is asleep, that's the most vulnerable place to be. The Christian who has had their minds opened, who has had to them revealed the truths of God's will, the the, the ways of God's word, that one, who knows what is happening in the world and knows what is going to happen, but yet chooses to close their eyes, that is the most vulnerable and the most dangerous place to be. Would you look this way? There are many of us today who are sleeping spiritually. We feel, as a child of God, the constant hungry presence of the flesh. We feel, as a Christian, the continuous pull of a twisted and corrupt world. And we know the reality of darkness, the reality of Satan's darkness and power. And yet still, many of us choose to look away or just close our eyes. My friend... That is the most senseless and foolish mistake that could be made. For you to close your eyes to the reality 
of the darkness of this world, for you to go on living like everything's just fine and hunky-dory, for you to act like it's not a big deal, they've got all the time in the world, my friend, you could not be making a bigger mistake. If this is you today, if you are sleeping today, if it's us today, then we have left ourselves wide open for the attack of the enemy and thus the defeat that can be inflicted by the enemy. And this is why I believe that the Apostle Paul includes this very important instruction at the end of putting on the armor of God. In this verse that deals with prayer, Paul puts this very clear and concise word of instruction that is inseparable to standing against the wiles of the devil. Would you look here? You'll never stand against Satan if you're asleep. And I don't care how much of God's armor you're wearing, it's no good to you if you're asleep. Watching there unto. All the armor in the world is useless if you're sleeping. There are many people who think that because they're saved and think that because they've been born again, there are many people who think that because they have on the armor of God and they know the armor of God intellectually and doctrinally, they think that they're okay. And thus they kick back, prop their feet up, and they relax. And I believe that the majority of professing Christians in the world today are sleeping. The command we receive is very simple. Watch. Stay awake. Be attentive. Can I ask you this morning, are you awake today or sleeping? Now, some people pride themselves because they're awake on what's happening in the world with all the corrupt governments and all the deception. and They're very much awake there, which is good. But they're snoring spiritually. This is not a new call for us to wake up. It's found over and over throughout the scriptures. And it is the reason, by the way, it's found so frequently in the scriptures. Why is it, do you think, that God so often is put in his word for us to watch? To don't fall asleep. I'll tell you why. Because the natural tendency of man is to fall asleep. The natural tendency of man is to relax and just take a little siesta. The natural tendency of man. Can I just say this? We begin by thinking this. You cannot watch if you're not awake. The word watch means to stay awake to be attentive, to be alert, to be looking around, to be careful. You cannot watch if you're not awake. How can you? How can you be on guard if you're sleeping? And there are many people today who don't even realize that they're sleeping. And we find over and over in the New Testament a call to wake up. Some people say, oh, you're just an enthusiast. You, you're just a little bit too excited. Calm yourself down. Every once in a while, somebody, somebody talks like that. Just, just don't be so serious about it all. Just calm down. And I think to myself, have you read the Bible? Have you read the New Testament? Book of Romans, chapter 13. Let me give you a verse in verse number 11. 
Paul says to the church at Rome very plainly, verse 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. We are closer now than when we first were saved. And it is high time. It is the time for you to wake up. Meaning, there's never going to be a better time for you to wake up than now. That's what high time means. There's never going to be a better time for you to open your eyes to wake out of sleep than right now. Now. But I don't know about you. Every once in a while in the morning, I don't really feel like getting up. If I've had a long week or I'm tired and I'm exhausted, I like to set about five alarms. You know what I'm talking about? Usually about 15 minutes apart. And that allows me to have, a, and I do that intentionally before I go to bed. I believe there are many Christians who think the same way about the return of Christ. They think that they'll set five spiritual alarms in their mind that'll give them a little bit more time so that they won't be asleep when he comes, but they still will sleep as much as they can. Can I tell you that's the worst way to be? Spiritually speaking, that's the worst way to be. Well, I will wake up when I see a, little, a few more signs. I'll wake up when I see a few more things lining up. How much more do you want to see? Wake up. Now it is time to awake. High time to awake out of sleep. You cannot obey this command to watch if you aren't even awake. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes to the church at Corinth. It's not just the church at Rome that needs to wake up, but the church at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 34, Paul writes this, and he says very plainly, verse 33, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You know that verse. And the next verse says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Awake to do what? To do what's right. To do what's right. There's a lot of us who are happy to sleep because if we're sleeping, then we don't feel so bad about our sin. We don't feel so bad about our disobedience. If, we have, if we're asleep, we don't hear the voice of the Spirit of God so plainly. We don't feel conviction so strongly. So we say, sleep on a little bit longer. But Paul says, wake up so you can do the right thing before he comes. How many more years do we need to waste? How many more months do we need to waste before the Savior comes back? This is our purpose, awake to righteousness. And in Ephesians again, Ephesians chapter 5, I love this chapter. We're looking at Ephesians 6 with the armor of God, but in chapter 5, I remind you, Paul says, don't be partakers with children of disobedience. Because you were sometimes, verse 8, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. Do you remember that? For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I don't mean to offend you. I don't mean to step on your toes. But a child of God ought to have nothing to do with Halloween. It's dark. And we're told to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have no fellowship with, not just that, but anything that's dark. Anything that's dark, we ought to have no fellowship with. Some of you would do a good, a good, do a good favor to go home and take a sledgehammer and put it through your television screen. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Speaking with a, with a dear sister this week who said, 
I, for, for a long time, I was just addicted to television programs. And the Lord helped her to get rid of it, to stop it. If all you're doing is wasting time looking at your screen, your phone, your telly, whatever it may be, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, the scriptures say. It goes on, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Here we go. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Look here. Look here. It's not just enough for you to wake up, but you've got to wake up and get up. Here's what I do sometimes in the morning. My alarm wakes me up. My eyes are open, but I'm just going to lay here for just a few minutes. I'm awake. Thank you, Mr. Alarm. You've done your job. I'm awake. But what happens if I continue to lay there? If I'm awake and I continue to lay there without getting up, it's just a matter of time before I'm asleep again. And sometimes God brings you into a meeting like this or brings you in connection with a believer who shakes you to your core and you say, I'm awake. Okay, I understand. I get the point. Take it easy. But you still don't get up. Your eyes are awake for a few minutes, for a couple of days. And when you leave the tent, you go right back to sleep. When you get home, you go right back to the same pattern of living, to the same foolish living, to the same silly things. And before you know it, you're asleep again. So Paul says, wake up and get up. Arise, he says, awake and arise. And Christ shall give thee light. Here's what we say. We lay there in the bed and say, a few more minutes, and I'm going to think about what I need to do. It's better for you to get up, and if you get up, the Lord will show you where to go. He'll show you what to do. The light shall be turned on, but if you don't get up, it's not going to happen. Some of the teenagers and young people, you're struggling because you won't get up. The scriptures say, come out from among them and be ye separate, but you can't do that if you're sleeping amongst them. Get up, it says. Awake and rise. Now, not only are we to wake up, but we're to awake and stay awake. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 6. This is speaking about the end time. By the way, we'll come to that in a moment. But we're commanded to wake up and stay awake. We're the only creatures in the whole of the planet that can live without sleeping, spiritually speaking. We've got to wake up and stay awake. There's never a time for you to sleep spiritually. There's never a time for you to take a holiday spiritually. I don't mean you can't go away and take a breath. I'm talking about spiritually in your heart and mind. There's no time for a Christian to take a holiday from Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 1, Paul says to the church at Thessalonica. So now he's writing to the church at Rome, wake up. Writing to the church at Corinth, wake up. And he's writing to the church at Thessalonians, wake up. And he's writing to the church of Oxford today. Wake up. But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Do you know that? Look here. Do you know that? That Jesus is not going to send you a text message or an email before he comes. I'm sorry. Do you know that? He's not going to call you. Say, hey, I'm coming tomorrow. Get yourself ready. He's coming like a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. The message of the world today is peace 
and safety. Take it easy. Everything's okay. We've got it all under control. Everything is just fine. That's the message of the world. And the Bible says you better be careful when they tell you peace and safety. Because when everybody sits back and relaxes because there's peace and there's safety, sudden destruction comes. And most believers are not ready. Sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. My wife is expecting again. There's some other ladies expecting. When it comes to that point... You can have a guess about when that child is coming, but you don't really know precisely exactly the day nor the hour when that child comes. When that child is coming, it's coming. You can't stop it. You cannot slow it down. So it is with the coming of the Savior. He's coming suddenly. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Look here. If you're sleeping, you are in darkness. Close your eyes for one second. Dark. Open them up, light. That's the way God made us. When your eyes are closed, you're in darkness. When they're open, you're in light. If you're sleeping spiritually today, you are in darkness. But we shouldn't be. Paul was writing to this church. They were not sleeping. They were awake. Ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, here we go. Let us not sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. They were awake. They were wide awake. They knew that the Savior was coming. They were watching. But Paul warned them. I see you're awake. Don't go to sleep. So maybe today you are awake. Maybe today you, 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 the, the hair on your back is standing up because you're, you're ready and willing for the Savior to come. Good. But don't you fall asleep. Don't you fall asleep. And you've got to know that there's a danger, a constant danger to fall asleep. So how do we stay awake? The scriptures are very plain in that one verse. Watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober. I want to stay awake, don't you? How do we not sleep? Be sober. That means to be calm and collected in spirit. It means to be temperate, to be dispassionate, meaning things don't scare you or frighten you or, or, or you're not up and down like a roller coaster. You're steady. Steady, circumspect. You, you, you understand you're not in control, but he is. And you also understand when things start to look funny around the world, God, you understand God is in control. Amen. And you're steady. We're told over and over to be sober. We oftentimes associate that, associate that word with drunkenness. If somebody's drunken, they're not sober. If somebody's not drinking, sometimes somebody says, I've been sober for six months. What they mean is they haven't taken alcohol. They are no longer under the, under the influence or under the, the, under the weight of something else. We're to be sober. We are, we're to allow nothing else in this world to have an influence over us. We're to allow not just alcohol, but we're, we're to make sure that even the world itself doesn't have an influence on us. That even our best and closest of friends and, and even those who are closest, husbands, wives, children, father, mother, whatever it may be, they are not going to change my mind or my heart. Amen. I'm uninfluenced except by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Calm and collected. Peter says in 1 Peter 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. Amen. Something very interesting. Watching is almost always connected to being aware of the time. Aware of the time, and the time we're talking about is not five past twelve, although maybe your roast dinner is going to get crispy. 
It's not about that time. It's about the time of our Savior's return. And watching for the Christian has everything to do with an awareness of the times in which we live and the return of our dear Savior. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, Peter says again, And the end of all things is at hand, so be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Amen. Now, can, can I just say something? Look here for one moment. If 2,000 years ago when Peter wrote this, he said that the end of all things is at hand, how much closer are we today? Uh, at hand means you can touch it. This water glass, look here, this water glass is at hand. It's so close I can touch it. The return of the Savior is at hand. The, the coming of Christ is so close we can touch it. The end of all things is at hand. So be sober. Be watchful. In chapter 5, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In these days, we have an enemy. An enemy trying to destroy your life, trying to pick you off, trying to wreck you as much as he possibly can before his time is up. Speaking with a brother yesterday. We just got back from the Netherlands last night and speaking with a brother in the Netherlands. And uh, through tears, he says, I feel as if I'm constantly under attack. And he said, I know it's because the end is at hand. Satan knows his time is running out. Watching is connected inseparably to the times in which we live. Because if you think you have lots of time, you sleep more. But if the time is near and it's time to get up, then you need to get yourself out of bed. Get yourself dressed. Get yourself ready. And one of the great problems of Christianity today is that we have zero urgency about the hour. Sometimes we have a spurt of energy. Sometimes we wake up, we say, we need to get ready, Jesus is coming back. But because he doesn't come back this week, we fall asleep again. It's amazing to me how little urgency the church has. Some people just imagine that there is not even a last days. Some people's theology says, ah, there isn't really a last days. And, and it's all, you know, figurative and there's not really, and therefore they're not ready. Others think that, hey, Jesus is going to get us out of this mess anyways. We're not going to go through any difficulties, and so they're not ready. No need to be concerned. Watch. Be sober, because the end of all things is at hand. How else do we make sure we don't fall asleep while we are sober? But also, we must stand fast in the faith. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, and verse number 13, very, very carefully, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. That tells me this. That in these last days there's going to be a tendency to lose something. If we're told to stand fast in the faith. Hold on to the faith. There's going to be a tendency in the last days to lose ground. There's going to be a tendency in the last days to let go of God's word. So we must hold fast. Stand fast. If I'm tired, sometimes I say when I'm lecturing at the Bible college or something, I'll say sometimes to our students, if you're tired, just stand up. You ever been tired? One of the worst things you can do if you're tired is to sit down because you'll be soon snoring. And so Paul says, stand fast in the faith. 
Are you standing firm in the faith? Last thought about this. Always watching is connected to prayer. Watching is always connected to prayer. We read in Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Prayer, watching is always connected to prayer. You'll never be watching like you should if you're not praying like you should. Are you praying? 1 Peter 4, 7, Colossians 4, 2, Luke 21, 36, Mark 14, 38, Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Are you watching? Or are you distracted? Distracted by life. Distracted by work. Distracted by your mobile phone. Distracted by the internet. Distracted by everything except the one thing that should have your attention, which is Christ. Why should we be watching? Three things. Because you have a real enemy who's after your soul. Most people don't realize that. Oh, they say, yes, we believe in Satan, we believe in the enemy. But if you really believed it, you'd never fall asleep spiritually. If we believed that there, was, there were enemies outside this tent, don't you think we'd be on edge a little bit? If we believed that somebody was waiting to attack us when we walked out of that door, you'd be coming out of there like the Karate Kid. You'd be watching and careful. But we walk out of these, this tent, we walk into the world, we walk to work and school like there's no enemy in the world. I'll take, take it easy. It's not that bad. We have a real enemy. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Watch because the end is at hand. We are closer and closer to the end than ever before. And I do not want to be found asleep when the Savior comes back. Do you? And lastly, the Savior is coming. Jesus is coming. There's one thing that ought to stir you up to keep your eyes awake. Jesus Christ is coming. If somebody you love is coming to visit you, if somebody that you haven't seen in a long time is coming to visit you, don't you want to prepare yourself? Aren't you ready? I have conducted a few weddings recently. I have a few more to come in the, in the months ahead. But I think it's always special on that wedding day. The bride and the groom both are always nervous about seeing one another, always exciting and anticipating seeing one another on that great day. That's the way the church ought to be waiting for Christ. Can you imagine if the groom laid down at the front of the church because he was waiting for his bride and he thought, well, she's taking too long, I'm going to take a little nap. You say, you're a madman. Get up. She's coming. Well, some Christians have laid down to sleep because they think the Savior's taking too long. One last passage, and I'll close. Mark chapter 13, verse 32. Jesus from his own mouth says, Of that day and of that hour knoweth no man, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed, therefore. Take ye heed. Watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is like a man, is as a man taking a journey, a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. As twice it says it. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest suddenly, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch.
Watch, 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 watch. Because he's coming. He's coming. Can I just say this? If he comes today, if the Lord Jesus were to come today, what do you need to do to get ready? Let me ask you that. Look here for one moment. I'm finished. If Christ is coming today, what do you need to do to get ready? Whatever it is, do it. If you knew that tonight at 6 p.m. in this meeting, let's say 6.15, because that's usually when we start. Let's say at 6.15 we knew he was coming to be in this meeting, to take us to be with him for all eternity. What would you need to do before he comes? What would you need to do? Whatever it is, do it. Do it now. Maybe there's something you need to get rid of. Maybe there's some habit you need to confess and forsake. Maybe there's something that needs to change. Whatever it is, do it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait until you hear the cry at midnight. This is the cry at midnight. Get ready. He's coming. And then stay awake until you see his face. Then we shall enter into rest for all eternity. You'll be able to rest your weary soul for the rest of eternity. But until he comes, stay awake. Stay awake. Let's pray together. Father, we confess that perhaps we have been asleep for far too long. We confess that many days we live as if we have hundreds of years. We live sometimes with no thought of our Savior's return. God, we pray, please change us. Wake us up and keep us awake, Lord. Oh, help us to stand fast in the faith. Help us to be sober-minded and vigilant. Help us to pray. Pray always with all prayer, knowing that our Savior is coming. I pray for those who are here who are lost, who need to be born again, who are not ready, they're not saved, they are not, their soul isn't ready. Please save them today, Lord, before it's too late. May they repent of their sins even today and come to the Savior so that they can be ready and they are ready when he comes. And help us as thy children to stay awake, Lord. Oh, help us not to waste any more time, but to burn as a blazing flame until the Savior returns. Help us to keep the fires burning, to keep the lamp lit, to keep our lamps trimmed and full of oil, ready for the coming of the Messiah. Help us, we pray, for we ask it, In Jesus' name and for his sake.